Well, welcome. This is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Very happy you tuned in once again for our program. And uh, it's 89.1 FM on your dial. And if you're having any problem uh, listening, any static, you may want to just live stream us on your laptop, on your computer. And you can do that by just going to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And um, here with my good friend, Assistant David Abood. Hey, John. Great to be here with you. Uh, particularly at this time of oh, the year. Yeah. We're in the spring. It seems mm-hmm. like a good part of COVID is mm-hmm. over. Uh, Easter is around the corner, literally. Yes. And we're looking at the scriptures today. Uh, you know, last week we really looked at the crucifixion and the yep. amount of Old Testament prophecies. 500 years before the crucifixion, 1,000 years, all pointing in high detail uh, to the Christi- crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So today it's only natural. We look at the Easter, the yeah. resurrection, <clears throat> proofs of the resurrection, uh, why do we know it's true? Why do we realize it happened? There's a lot of things that people just uh, maybe didn't consider or never studied before. But hopefully through this uh, overview we're going to do today, this conversation more than anything. It's not a lecture. It's more of a, a conversation. But if you're listening today, maybe you haven't seen some of these proofs before, some of this information. We're going to be sharing with you uh, for the next hour or so. But we uh, certainly hope that you profit something out of this. Yeah. So you know, David, the the... The thing is, the crucifixion is, mm-hmm. uh, and the resurrection is the essential message yep. of the Christian faith. Now, some people think, well, you know, it's charity, it's acts of mercy, it's doing this, doing that, leaving leaving the moral life. Mm-hmm. All of those things are very important, but that is not the essential gospel. And I, I do repeat this several times that the essential gospel again is First Corinthians. Chapter 15. So if somebody ever says to you, well, what is the gospel? If you mm-hmm. can reduce it to its, you know, very lowest denominator, just condense it for me and tell me what is the gospel? Because somebody might ask you this one day. And then if if, if, if you respond to them, the mm-hmm. best place to do that is 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now, what makes this interesting is he is, historians date this letter from very early. This is very close to the resurrection of Jesus, maybe within 30 year span. So it kind of has a uh, right a lot of authority, so to speak, if you study manuscripts and when they were written and these kinds of things. So if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Oh, 15, okay. Uh-huh, verse 1, Paul writing, he says, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel, there it is, the gospel, uh-huh. which I preach to you, which you also received and in which you stand. In other words, you received it. You believed it, now mm-hmm. you're standing, which indicates a firm foundation, by which also you are saved. This is why it's so important yeah. to know the gospel. If you hold fast that word, I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. Now he says something very important, verse 3. For I delivered to you, first of all, notice, yeah. first of all, or first importance, mm-hmm. that which I also received. So he received it, and now he's passing it down, just like... Today, we're passing the gospel down to the next generation, to our children, to my grandchildren, to people that hear us or hear a sermon on this Easter Sunday. So Mm -hmm. he said, we must transfer. We must not let the gospel drop or replace it with some other thing. What is the gospel? That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Yes. Now, that's the crucifixion. Mm -hmm. The scriptures, of course, is Old Testament scripture that prophesied of his death. And second part, that he was buried, 
that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. That is your gospel. And that's why it'll say in Romans, if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. That's, yeah. that's you know, some yeah. people think, well, it's doing good works or it's trying to live a moral life or it's trying to, mm -hmm. those are, those are like branches coming off the trunk of the tree. Mm -hmm. The branches cannot exist without the trunk. Yes. Because many religions, and even an atheist, can live a moral life. Mm -hmm. Or you can give money to the poor, or you can, you know, whatever. But that's not that's not being a Christian. That is not yeah. essentially the gospel. That's yeah. what we're going to look at today. <clears throat> yeah, it's the core of our Christianity, right, John? Mm -hmm. And we also should be in a position to have some proof and evidence right. for we're the resurrection. We'll talk about that, too. I think that would be helpful for everybody. So that's that's the foundation yeah now when you look at acts it's written by the gospel writer luke so he's got two parts he's got the gospel of luke and he's got the book of acts right he's the biggest writer in the, in the new testament is luke yeah he's a physician highly detailed historian even critics of christianity will agree that he's a very accurate historian and he says this um where, where are you in acts at acts chapter one mm-hmm and if you look, maybe you could read it, Dave, chapter yep. 1, verses 1 through 3. Yep. In my former book, um, That's his Theophilus, gospel. I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Okay, so yeah. there it is. There it, it is. is. Now he says, Jesus, um, he presented himself, verse 3, alive. Now this is after his resurrection. Right. And he's going to stay on the earth for 40 days yes. before he ascends to heaven. Mm -hmm. Mine says, he gives many infallible proofs. Yours says what? Convincing proofs? Yes. So, yeah. yeah. In other words... He convincing proofs, right. That he, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things. but So he's with them 40 days. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. he makes at least 12 what we call post-resurrection appearances. That is to say, after he rises from the dead, he, he encounters the woman, Mary, uh, mm -hmm. and uh, then the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Then he's in the... Uh, this closed room right. with 10 of the apostles. And so mm -hmm. we're going to see that it's not just one time he appears. Multiple appearances, converses with them, eats with them. Yeah. Um, shows them his scars. Them. Shows, shows the yeah, scars. Right. So this is mm -hmm. high deal. 40 yeah. is a long time. That's a long time. It's a long But he doesn't yeah. appear to any unbelievers. Only believers. That's a very important And the one. whole time, you know, the Roman soldiers were looking for him, right? I mean, right? It, wouldn't you uh, assume that, right? Well, that's a good point. Uh, especially because, if they thought that the uh, apostles stole the stole the body. Yeah, I mean, we're going to look at this. Yeah. What are the alternatives if he didn't rise from the dead? I right. mean, yeah. Uh, first of all, what would be the motive of the apostles? I mean, these were not well, yeah, uh, powerful men. Mm -hmm. I mean, they weren't military. Mm -hmm. They didn't have political or religious power. Right. Um, they were actually quite frightened. The Gospels bring it out that these men were oh. scared. They're not yeah. from Jerusalem. Right. They're from way up north mm -hmm. in the Galilee. So And they went into hiding initially until yeah. Jesus was resurrected and he proved that it was him. So we're going to look at that. Yeah. I mean, what are the alternative explanations? 
to the resurrection. Mm -hmm. But here we see, okay, Jesus, at one point, he'll even appear to 500 people. Yeah. It says that in 1 Corinthians 15. Even to the point Paul says, many of these are still alive. (laughs) You ask them. Mm -hmm. Now, so we're going to look at this. What Mm -hmm. are the proofs that Jesus is giving um, and uh, that the resurrection? Well, first of all, there's a very important thing is Jesus foretold of his coming yes. resurrection. Yeah. He will say in John um, chapter 2, he'll say, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days. So he, he's already early on in his ministry, um, he's saying, uh, I can raise this temple uh, up in, in uh, three days, right? So he, he's speaking of, that's in John chapter 2, right? Uh, verse 19. Jesus said to them, destroy this temple, that's his body, in three days I'll raise it up. And the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days. He was speaking of his body. So right away, the disciples are hearing this. They might not understand it all, but the idea of being here, uh, he is telling, uh, here's you what's going to happen. You know, th- this this section always confused me, John. Because he knew they were, uh, they assumed he was talking about the uh, the temple, mm-hmm. and he didn't comment. Mm-hmm. Now I know his time wasn't it wasn't ready for him to communicate that, and they never would have understood it. Mm-hmm. But it that, that that part always confused me, why uh, you know why that happened, and he let it go. But I, I assume it's just because he wasn't his time wasn't wasn't near. It wasn't uh, time for him to disclose that. They wouldn't have understood it anyway. Right? Yeah, he, what, it, what it is, is Jesus gives these pictures. Like yeah. in the next chapter, he'll say, mm-hmm. uh, as Moses raised up the serpent in the wilderness, yes. so too. Well, mm-hmm. they might think, okay, yeah. Moses left. Well, how is Jesus going to be lifted up? Well, in that time, to be lifted up probably meant crucifixion. Mm-hmm. You're lifted mm-hmm. up from, and people are going to look on you. He'll John will introduce Jesus as the Passover lamb. He'll right. say, behold the lamb. Well, yeah. how is he like the Passover lamb? Well, the lamb... The blood of the lamb was put on the doorpost, right. and they got out of slavery. Jesus is the lamb whose blood was applied to our hearts mm-hmm. if we accept it, and we get out of the slavery of sin right. and dark. So you'll notice, but a lot of this stuff, David, yeah, is really for believers because yeah. it's like mm-hmm. the parables. Yeah. You have those on the outside, mm-hmm. they don't get it. Right. That's why it says they have ears, but they don't mm-hmm. hear. Uh, they just can't absorb it. Uh, but you have those on the inside, yeah. Jesus says in Matthew 13, but it's given to you to understand the mysteries of the yes. kingdom of God. So then if you're on the outside, that's why today, how many people don't know the Bible? Oh. Don't understand, they understand, am I right? Well, you know, they just said, what do we have, about 9 billion people in the world right now? About 7.5 billion. Okay. Yeah, 8 uh, billion. Yeah. Okay, so we're looking at what, 2.5 billion that are Christians? So that all claim the, that to claim Christ- to be Christians. So yeah. look, look at the balance. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, um, but so many people just don't understand. And why I'm focusing on this today, again, this is the central Mm -hmm. pillar of the belief of the Christian faith. But a lot of, I'm I'm concerned with two people groups. Number one, unbelievers, that they will look at the evidence. Number two, believers, that they might strengthen their faith. Yes. and, And look at the evidence and say, oh, okay. So here we see Jesus is telling yep. uh, the fact that he's going to be um, judged. Uh, he's going to be, um, uh, you know, handed over, so to speak, to the Gentiles. Yeah. He's going to go through all this persecution. And I don't think that they really 
understand it completely. Yeah. Uh, because it's so, in a sense, far out. Here's what it says here. It says, um, when he's talking about uh, his coming... Um, Where are you? Uh, in Matthew uh, chapter seven, uh, chapter 17. Okay. J- chapter 17, verse 22 and 23. Sure. He says something very interesting. He says... He's with his apostles, right? He says, yeah. now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. And on the third day, he will be raised up. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. So he's saying here, here's what's coming. Now it's hard for them to get it. Okay, you're going to be killed. And then you're going to rise on the third day. I mean, whoever can... Some of you might tell somebody, I'm going to be killed I don't know, if I go into war. I'm going to, A guy on death row might say, I'm going to be killed next Friday or something. But to say, I'm going to be killed and then I'm going to rise from the dead, that's yeah. pretty powerful. Wow. It's almost like... Well, you know, so I, I'm thinking about it. And John, you know, there were many prophecies. But so the ones who loved the word and had, you know, real concern for God's purpose... That they could have discerned it back then, but but how could how could the others have discerned it? I mean, you know, they were right there, but that would have been really hard, right? I mean, really hard to follow that this is actually coming from the Old Testament, e- even from Genesis. Was it Genesis three? Yeah. Uh, where you know, <laughs> God said, you know, from this day forward, you know, um, yeah, it's he was going to send his right. son, right. right? I think it's Genesis three fifteen, right? Right. So what we're seeing is, yeah. What happened there was so spectacular. Right. Okay. It's like, I mean, to see somebody die, a crucifixion. Right. I mean, that was just so brutal. Oh, yeah. And it was so evident. All his yeah. blood was gone. Right. He's in shock. He's, they put a spear into his side. Out comes blood and water. And he's put in a grave for three days. I mean, yeah. it's just dead, dead, dead. Now, to see him in front of you, risen, not just limping along wow. or... Yeah, but wow. risen in power, and you're, he's dealing <clears throat> with you on the beach of Galilee, and he's talking with you, and he's saying, touch me, you know, and, he's, and then you see him lift up in the cloud. You can never forget, that, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's many, many people that saw that. We know there's 500 at least. Yeah. That implies there may have been more right. that aren't mentioned, yeah. and they're going to tell their families. So at the end of the day, by the time he ascends to heaven, right. you probably have thousands that are eyewitness, you know, that yeah. have been told by yeah. somebody that doesn't lie. <clears throat> and and here's the thing too, David, the apostles have nothing to gain. There's no monetary gain. There's no power grab yeah. here. I mean, to, to say your Messiah came and they're expecting the Messiah to be yes. like King David. He's going to yes. rule and reign and get rid of the Roman oppressors. He comes, he dies on the cross. Now the cross, the Bible says in the Old Testament, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. You're cursed. You're, it's the worst thing that could happen, like a hanging on a tree. So they go, oh boy, you know, he's cursed. If, if he's not risen from the dead, yeah. the last they know their Messiah, the apostles, <clears throat> the last, is he? Is he's betrayed, right. he's hung on this yeah. cross, brutalized, and it's over. Yep, so it's over. Maybe he wasn't God, but when he comes out of the grave, yeah. as he predicted, and we're going to see the Old Testament predictions, then what I said, game on. Uh, there's a whole. That's, that's why these somewhat timid men, Peter, yeah. who denied yeah. him, uh-huh. Thomas, these others, all of a sudden they're they're as bold as a lion. Yeah, they they become superheroes. 
And, you know, 11 of, was it the 11 out of the 12 died horrible deaths mm. because of what they were doing in their faith? Yeah, we forward? know, yeah, at yeah. least... Or maybe was it 10? I don't know. I well, 10, we, we think yeah. John maybe lived in exile right. out of Patmos. Yeah. We don't know, but you're right. I mean, some of these were brutal. Oh, yeah. You know, that you know, I forget who it was that was crucified upside down. Peter, yeah. They he say said, him. yeah, d- d- don't, don't uh, put me on the cross the way Christ was, you know. So, yeah, unbelievable. And you think that he denied that he knew Christ three times. These were cowards. You know, they, they really were. And then the Holy Spirit came into them and they became superhuman to move forward, you know, in some yeah. regards, it seemed. Yeah, they yeah. were just human beings. I right. mean, you know, of course, they had witnessed a lot yeah. of the miracles in this. and uh, But to see to see somebody standing yeah. in front of you who you just saw from a distance mm-hmm. being impaled on a cross, mm-hmm. and, he's, and he's like talking to you and he's saying things like, peace be among you, and I'm going to send you forth as my witnesses. And all of these things, and then oh by the way, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit upon you in ten more days, and this happens. Yeah. All of a sudden, they're putting the pieces together, and they're going, yeah. "This is it. This is it." Because, in a sense, let's look at some of the reasons. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. It was women were the first to be at the tomb. Oh yeah. Now, absolutely. That's kind of interesting because, um, when in that time period, when a woman. Yeah. Um, made a testimony or a witness in court, they just simply didn't have the uh, same uh, power, right. credibility. You see this in, yeah. in, I don't know, maybe you have some other scripture, but you see this in John chapter 20, when when she's at the grave looking for, she wants to anoint his yeah. body because right. he was buried rather hastily. Mm-hmm. And she goes to this one, are you the gardener, verse 15, she says, Jesus says, woman, who are you weeping? Why? Who are you seeking? Yeah. And she tells him, and then Jesus said to her, Mary. That's it. She turned and said, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. He yeah. says, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my father and to your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to them. But the, the later things will say, the later attest will say, yeah. they did not believe her. Right. Because, again, she's a woman they might think she's hysterical. She's being well. Emotional. They, they, they were considered. They weren't considered reliable witnesses. So you know, to have the primary witnesses, as you said, be there for the empty tomb and the gospel is further evidence of the authenticity of it. Well, why would they put that in and keep it in? You're exactly yeah, right. Right. You know, because again, it's like. And that's uh, the that's the start of the domino effect uh-huh. for for what I call the the proof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The proof right. formula. I mean, because that's the start of it, right there. Yeah, with the women. If you wanted yeah. somebody to, to be the first one to see the risen Christ, right. you would have like Joseph of Arimathea. Right. Uh, you might have Peter or John, and uh, but that's not the case. Oh. And, and, and of <clears> course, um, it says verse in Matthew twenty-eight, verse seven. It says, "Yeah, the angels say it go quickly and tells disciples he is risen from the dead. Indeed, he is going before you." And they went. And they and uh, they ran, and uh, it says in nine. And when they went to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, "Rejoice!" So, yeah. Point in fact, when they when they tell them, they're not mm-hmm. they're not. Again, it's a big truth to oh, swallow that yeah. these women just met the person you saw brutally killed yeah. three days ago. Yeah. So that's a big one. It's mm-hmm. it's what they call, what you mentioned. Why would they put that in there? It's called the principle of embarrassment. Why would you put them in there 
or same way, why would you have Peter denying Jesus right. three times? Are these things that doesn't yeah. suggest bode well? These are your leaders. Yeah. But it shows how human, and in my opinion, how factual mm-hmm. the Word of God is. It, it puts in all the, the strengths and the weaknesses, the faults of these guys, because they're just reporting what they experienced and what Absolutely. they saw. Absolutely. Yeah, so exactly. That's a big yes. one. Yeah. Uh, number two is the number of witnesses. Yeah. Uh, like I said, there's at least mm-hmm. 12 uh, encounters. This one we see with a single person was Mary. And then we're going to see on the road in Luke 24, uh, on the road to Emmaus, he doesn't openly display who he is at that point, but he simply opens up the scriptures, yeah. Old Testament to these two men. These are not apostles. These are disciples. And um, they're downcast because they just witnessed the crucifixion. Right. And this is three days later. And they think, well, it's all over. We thought this was the one. It's not the Messiah. And it says he just opens up the scriptures, Old Testament. You know, John, not to backtrack, but I think it's important because this really helped me Mm -hmm. when I was kind of talking to non-believers. I I think there's two other um, proof statements uh, that really, you know, has helped me. Uh, the first one is the fact that, you know, these Roman soldiers are going to make sure that they're, uh, they're, the people that they're supposed to kill, that they're dead. Oh, yeah. Because they are professional executioners. And when you take a look at, uh, you know, a lot of people said, uh, you know, Jesus wasn't dead, the swoon theory that, you know, he was just beat to a pulp and passed out. But I think the other big thing for me was the spear in the side, which basically showed um, blood coming out and then the water. And basically, uh, a thoracic surgeon was saying that, you know, there is no way they could have had that medicine back then because when you die, the blood separates into the red red blood cells and then it goes to the plasma, the plasma's water. And they just, they just uh, wrote what they saw. And so that medicine wasn't available. So those two things, oh, to, yeah. to me, were very important to say he was dead. There, there is no question about it. Yeah, yeah it, it's a good point, David, because um, I, I've done a study. If you study capital punishment through mm-hmm. the ages, you have stoning, burning, beheading, yeah. uh, throwing them off a cliff. Uh, you have a firing squad, hanging, yeah. uh, lethal injection, gas mm-hmm. chamber, guillotine. All of those different ways to kill somebody, you know how long it usually lasts in duration before the person is dead? From the start of the execution to the less than 10 minutes. Yeah, well. Usually around five, not even five. You think about mm-hmm. it. A yeah. lethal injection, yeah. gas, guillotine, et cetera, et cetera. You know how long Jesus was on that cross? Six, Six hours. hours. Yeah. But you can't forget, prior to that, he was oh. brutalized. Yeah. And a, a surgeon friend of mine says that scourging alone, it wasn't a whipping, it was a scourging, mm-hmm. which ripped his back mm-hmm. apart. Uh, the shock and the loss of uh, uh-huh. fluid uh, could have been so bad he could have went into shock. Yeah. And then he was crowned with thorns. No kidding. And then he's beat about the face. Mm-hmm. It says in um, uh, in Isaiah chapter 50, he was more marred than any man. And then he's carrying at least a cross beam of that cross, right? And some suggest he had to push himself. Our Lord had to push himself to get to the place of execution mm. because he fell three oh, times. Sure. And they had to call up this guy to help yeah. him. So, Think about this, David. He pushed himself to go die on behalf of me and for you and for all the world. You know, that's a yeah. very powerful thing. It sure is. He almost could have just fell right. and maybe expired yeah. right there. But yeah. he pushes himself yeah. in, in, in great trouble yeah. to get to the point of execution. Yeah. 
It really to, is. To fulfill scripture. Yeah, exactly to right. To be the perfect sacrifice, to take our sins onto the cross. You know, that's the whole reason it had to go down that way. You know, I never understood. You know, I was a server boy like you were. I never understood why they called it Good Friday. Yeah, right. Because for me, I, I hated going through the stations of the cross, carrying the cross and going from one station, you know, as Jesus got, you know, scourged. And I, I didn't like it. It was not a happy day for me. And then the more we got into this, I realized what an incredibly great day it was. Yes. E even though through the pain and suffering, what an incredible day Good Friday is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole culmination of yeah. Jesus' life. Look, at, yeah. all of us are born into this life to live. Right. Ideally, a long yeah. life, you know, 80, yeah. 90, 100 years. Right. Jesus was born into this world to die. Right. It was. It was yeah. an appointed time in the Father's plan that he would die. Mm -hmm. And so... Knowing that, yeah. we think, okay, it's so different than any other religion. Right. You have either a teacher or a guru that gives you some instructions, a moral yeah. code. I'm not right. saying it's not a bad moral code, but Jesus, he comes yeah. and he dies at age 33, brutalized, and yet he comes and he comes out of the grave. Yeah. And it's, now, that's on the table. That's that's the central <laughs> issue of the Christian faith. Is this indeed true? And we're just looking at this oh, morning, yeah. right. these different proofs. So there's many witnesses. Yeah. Even again, you got Mary, one person, yes. the two men on the road to Emmaus. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Then the same chapter 24 of Luke, he appears yeah. to the 10 apostles in the upper room. Of course, Judas is in there. Right. And Thomas is in there at that time. Then, when you go to John chapter 24, uh, 20, 20, it's very interesting because it will say, um, John chapter 20, uh, starting with verse 24, yeah. uh, John 20, he says, Now Thomas called the twin, that's what Thomas means, Didymus, one of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. That means he, he appeared to them on eight days ago, Easter Sunday in the room, okay? He wasn't there. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. Right. So those are his friends. He's been with for three years, but he doesn't believe. Now, what they're telling him. So he said to them, unless I see his hands and the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails right. and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Yeah. Now, this, let's set this thing up. Mm -hmm. Numerous times we looked at in the Gospels, Jesus is prophesying. I'm going to die. Yes. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to rise on the third day. So they got multiple uh, witness from Jesus. Then he's got his best friends, his apostles, telling him, yeah. we've seen him. We've seen him. Mm -hmm. That's not enough for him. Then he says, I won't believe. Not only does he want to see him, but he also wants to touch him. He needs physical proof. He needs visual. Yeah. And physical. And he needs visceral. Yeah. He needs right. physical. See? Right. And then he says, I'll believe. Uh, now... He says, then what happens eight days after his disciples were in, again inside. So it's eight days after Easter, which would be count from that Sunday to the next Sunday is eight days. Jesus came to the doors being shut. He says, peace to you. And he said to Thomas, reach your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach your yeah. hand here. <clears throat> put it into my side. Right. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Yeah. He needed more proof. Now, there's pre people in the world today, might be listening to the program right now, that need more yeah. proof. More proof is available. Yeah. We're going to just talk a little about in this program, but many people just give up. And they, they do. don't examine the proof. It's what we call yeah. unexamined unbelief. Unexamined unbelief. Yeah. 
And that's what we're doing is just looking at some of these proof systems. So from the perspective today, we clearly have more information of this being fulfilled than they did while they were living through it, right? So there really is no excuse for people not to not to believe, John, right? I mean, so that that I think that's the concerning part because these aren't my words, but I think God even says that that you know there is no reason for you not to believe because it's all been played out now in front of you and you can connect the dots. Yeah, well, he goes on yeah. that very place. Yeah, the, the end of John, he says. Truly, Jesus mm-hmm. did many other signs, which in, means miracles in the government, right. in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But this is important. But these are written that you might believe. Right. How do we get our faith, even though we don't see Jesus? Right. Because of the word. Yes. Okay. That you might believe. And that's why Jesus says in 29, Thomas, because you have seen me, you believe. Blessed are those, those who have not seen yeah. and yet believe. Yeah. So how, what's the basis of our, our, our belief? Number one is the Word of God. Yes. These things are written that you mm-hmm. might believe. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't just end there, David. Yeah. Because yeah. You, have the, you have something happen in that first century. Now, everybody will say this, even atheists. Something happened in that first century that exploded. Yeah, the first hundred years, absolutely. And, and yeah. again, these were not powerful people. No. The apostles, mm-hmm. they're like um, small businessmen. Yeah. They're like shopkeepers, fishermen, just just regular people. (laughs) They're not uh, highly resourced. They're not certainly not weaponized, and they're going to go make you believe or I'll kill you kind of a thing. But the the thing is just going all over the place. Why? Well, you got to take it back to its source. One here's another proof system. If you look at the central message of all the preaching and teaching in the Acts of the Apostles, it's two things. His death and his resurrection. Yeah. His death and his resurrection. They're not preaching a moral code, a philosophy, uh, ethical system, although That's these right. things are contained within the yeah. Christian faith. They're saying he died according to the scriptures and he rose. And they're going to bring in Old Testament scriptures to make their case. And so there's another reason yeah. to say, okay, let's look at this. And then right. critics will say, well, like you mentioned, the yeah. one theory is... Um, yeah. There was a swoon theory. There's a book written called The yeah. Passover Plot. And they believe that Jesus just went into like a coma. He was in shock uh, after this brutalizing death. Right. They put him in a tomb. It's cool yes. in there. He's going to revive. But come on. After everything he's gone through, if you... Yeah. I don't mean to be facetious. Yeah. But if you saw a guy yeah. with nails in his hands, <clears throat> in his side, brutalized, pummeled, and what, you wouldn't think he's victorious and risen. And no then, way. No way. <clears throat> he, he would yeah. be like limping along, crawling if, he, he, if, if it was even possible. So that's discounted yeah. right out. The second is hallucination, that there was a mass hallucination by the early followers. Right. The thing with hallucinations, usually they occur to one person. Right. You know, not, <clears throat> not a highly detailed, yes. up to 500 mm-hmm. people. It's like you had a dream. Right. You had this vision, a hallucination. Right. Or, or, or if you're taking drugs or something. So that's kind of, yeah. it doesn't hold. The other is the stolen body theory. Right. Now the question there is, who stole the body? How are you going to get by the Roman soldiers, John? That, 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 that tomb was stamped with their seal. Right. Which means if you're anywhere near there and you try and, uh, you know, exhume the body, you're dead. Yeah. Those guys are professional mercenary killers. Yeah, right. And there's no way they're going to leave their, their, um, their site, which they did. 
they ran back because they were so fearful when that light blew yeah. and and the grave opened up. You know, the angels came. Um, so there was no way they would have done that. And then the Romans got paid off in the end, the soldiers, from what the Bible says. Yeah, to, to make just up the keep story. quiet, right? Yeah. Right. So that, that that begs the question. Yes. Uh, who who would want to steal the body? Okay, well, the Romans wouldn't want. I mean, what do they have invested yeah. in this? The Jewish leadership. No as a matter of fact, if they knew where the corpse was, yeah, they would just drag it through the street. They would have and just say here because they did that with enemies. Right. They, they made a display <clears throat> of a corpse. Yeah. Then that would have squashed the early mm -hmm. Christian church because yeah. you know, there he is in the in the dirt over there. So that doesn't really hold water. So you got hallucination, mm -hmm. you got the swoon theory, and then you have the stolen body. That's really where it starts getting kind of. The other thing is Dicey. they just lie. Everybody <laughs> yeah. just lie. Right. right. Well, <clears throat> again, you have to look for motive. Yeah. I mean, what? what, what and I, again, if mm -hmm. they wanted to disprove it, the Roman authorities, Jewish authorities, could have just dragged out the corpse if they if the apostles are lying and displayed the corpse, mm -hmm. or. It just happened as according to the gospel. Yeah. He rose. Well, there it is. He rose. Yeah. yeah. You know, he arose from the dead. Yeah. Another proof of the resurrection is the transformation of lives. Yes. Now, you know, you don't put that up top because it's somewhat subjective, but nevertheless, something has happened to this rabbi called Paul who has an encounter with the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus. Something happens to the brother of Jesus who is not a believer before his resurrection, but Galatians 1 says he became a very strong believer. As a matter of fact, he's one of the leaders in the early church. Yeah. You have people that are willing. Look where they set up the early church. They didn't go back up to Galilee. They did it right in the epicenter where Jesus was yeah. crucified, which is Jerusalem. That's where the Romans are. That's where the Jewish priesthood is. And they're doing it right there on the steps of the temple. And they're not afraid. Right. And they're going to be killed. So you have all these kind of components are coming in to offer you on balance. Yeah. You're looking for balance. You know, it's like in the court of law, you're looking for a preponderance of right. evidence to tip the scale. Well, we could keep putting evidence on that one side yeah. because we have to say at the end of the day to the skeptic, you tell me what happened. You explain this. The last one is an empty tomb. And what I mean by that, if you where you could go to where Muhammad is buried, mm -hmm. it's in Medina, Saudi Arabia today. It's a mm -hmm. big shrine, it's a big thing. You could go where Joseph Smith, the founder of Mormonism, is buried, and there's a shrine. You can go where these famous people are buried, and you can make a pilgrimage, yeah. you can go to these big shrines. You cannot do that for Jesus. No. Explain yeah. the empty tomb. Yeah. So we keep coming back <clears throat> to the gospel explanation. This is the easiest explanation. And, and the transformation of the apostles is the other key. Yeah. I mean, just seeing what they did, and the fact that you know they would uh, they would be killed. You know, a majority of them uh, for their faith and for trying to move this forward in that first hundred years. So. And, and I think that's you, the real. Then you have this prophetic fulfillment. For example. Oh yeah. In. Um, <clears throat> In, uh, it's where Peter is preaching, and he's going to make the case that uh, uh, this is indeed uh, Jesus, the one who we've killed. Right. Is is the and then one is uh, in chapter uh, three, um, Peter's second sermon. But he he comes out here and he says uh, basically um, <clears throat> verse twenty two. Moses truly said to your fathers, This Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from the brethren. Him you shall hear, and whatever he says you must do. Uh, and, and every soul who will not hear that prophet shall be utterly destroyed. So it yeah. talks about this coming one like 
Moses. There he's fulfilled. Jesus is the perfect type of Moses. We went into that in some other. The other place we see it in um, Acts chapter 2. If you read um, Acts chapter 2. Yeah, you can read verse 25 if you want, David. Okay. He's showing this. This is a prophecy. comes from a thousand years prior to Jesus, right? It's in the Psalms. Uh-huh. But if you read uh, chapter 2, verse mm-hmm. 25 okay. through 28. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Okay, so he's quoting from uh, Psalm 16, a thousand years before Jesus. Now he's going to explain it in verse 29. He says, men and brothers, let me speak freely to you. In other words, I'm going to be straight Mm -hmm. up with you here. Of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. In other words, where he's given this sermon, you can point over and say, there's the tomb of David. You can go there this day. I've been to the tomb of David, right? Mm -hmm. There he is. His body's there. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, in other words, his offspring, according to the flesh, he will raise up Christ to sit on the throne. Mm -hmm. Foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in corruption, nor did he see corruption. In other words, he's saying in Psalm 16, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Yes. Even though he dies... And when does corruption happen? The fourth day. That's what. Remember when Jesus went to raise Lazarus? It was the fourth day. Right. And the sister Martha says, "No, Lord, he's decaying. Right. He's, he's, <clears throat> Jesus is raised. The Holy One of God is raised on the third day. His body does not decay. Prophecy. Yeah. And John, can I can I yeah, get sure. to some other scripture? This is what was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and um, I think the the prophecy was used by the apostles when they first began proclaiming Christ's resurrection. It's found in Psalm 16. Uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's coming from the lips of Christ as he prayed in the garden uh, just before his arrest and crucifixion. He says, uh, My flesh also shall rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16, 9 to 11. Right, that's what That's Peter's exactly quoted. right here. Peter's yeah, quoted. right. So you, you, That was well, Christ himself. Yeah. What, where, where is he? Uh, Psalm 16, 9 through 11. Right. In yeah. the Old Testament, speaking <clears throat> yeah. through the prophet. Right. Okay, right. yep. So, yeah, I mean, so you were seeing this convergence of all these kind of different proof systems, if you will, at the end of the day, you were left with the idea of it's, 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 it's much easier to believe yeah. than try to make it not believe. Like it's a fairy tale, like it's a Harry yeah. Potter yeah. or Lord of the Rings or yeah. something like this that yeah. a man or a bunch of men got together. And they started putting this together. And you have to ask yourself, well, why? And why such high detail? And it's yeah. not written in the language of mythology. It's no. written almost like a newspaper, you know, like, here's what happened, here's the day it happened, here's the proof that it happened. Right. So um, the idea that transform lives is actually a very important uh, thing to bring up. Yeah, and, and again, <clears throat> it starts off right in Genesis 3.15, 
where God told Adam and Eve that although the old old serpent Satan would bruise the heel of the coming seed of the woman, the divine seed would ultimately be victorious and would destroy the wicked wicked one. So it starts right there. And John, all the way through from that point in the start of Genesis, that's why we've always said that this book is entirely about Jesus Christ and his life. It's connecting the dots. And then when you see his death, his brutal beating, his death and resurrection, it's the culmination of all of it. But it all comes together so beautifully as one story and one story about Christ all the way through. Yeah, it, yeah. Is, is, the, it is the great drama. Right. It is the, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> And again, we get pictured this in the Old mm-hmm. Testament, a little what yeah. I call snapshots. The Bible calls it typology. And we looked at this before. Mm-hmm. You'd look at Abraham. When God tells him, take your son, your only son whom you love, and, and go offer him up. Yeah. Well, he takes up Isaac. Isaac carries the wood. This is in Genesis chapter 22. Right. He puts him yeah. down on the altar, a type yeah. of death, the obedient yeah. son. But then what does he do? He raises <clears> him up yeah. off the altar, a type of death and resurrection. So, you know, it's so interesting how God does that, where he's comparing, as you said, Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac to the heavenly father offering his own son, and then Isaac's return, comparable in type to Christ's resurrection. You know, he wanted to make it clear. That's why it's all the way through. You know, I I know we're, you know, I'll speak for myself. At times I'm dense, you know, and I, I, I don't get the picture, but he's made it so clear throughout the entire Bible of what was going to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, it, and yeah. it fits. Yeah. You know, what I mean, it likes it because why? Because <clears throat> the crucifixion deals with sin. Right. The, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Well, all of us were accruing wages. You know, all my misdeeds, mm-hmm. all my sins, all that. It's like I had a bag, and they were all in that bag. All this guilt yeah. and sin and yeah. you know, trespasses. Yeah. And then one day, somebody's going to take that bag out of my hand. He's right. going to. Jesus says, give it to me, repent, give me that, and I'll give you this. Forgiveness, I'll give you peace, I'll do this. And so the cross becomes that great, it's what C.S. Lewis calls the great exchange. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. It goes like that. But the crucifixion takes care of the sin, but the resurrection takes care of the empowerment. Yes. So that's why Paul says, I want to know him. Yeah. And the fellowship of his, uh, the power of his resurrection, yeah. the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know him. So when we accept Christ and we believe he died for our sins, then our sins are forgiven. And then we move and he gives us the Holy Spirit, which gives us the power not to sin. Yes. See, now that yeah. doesn't mean we're totally sinless. No. <laughs> because we live in this world. But yeah. nevertheless, yeah. we're now empowered. Yeah. And those old sins should not have yeah. a hold on us like they did before we were believers. We're actually, we discussed this uh, months ago, we're actually in a new race. Yeah. We can look at the old man and, and just let him lay where he is and move on and follow exactly Christ. Right. And, you know, and, and that's the that's the thing I've been kind of uh, realizing I need to, uh, to, to, to spread to these non-believers the way I was, is you don't have to keep beating yourself up over your sins. This week is so important for you to see you can leave the old man and let him lie where he is and jump over the fence and you're in a new race altogether. You you have eternal life with Christ and he's forgiven you. He's already taken all of your sins on. So you have to you have to look at that. You know, and I, I like this scenario. You you were talking to me 
is you've been mentoring me and you said, Dave, you know, you can't keep looking in the rear view mirror all the time. You know, that rear view mirror is uh, small. Look through the front windshield. It's a lot bigger and that's where God wants you to exactly be. Exactly right. Right. The Apostle Paul said, yeah. forgetting those things that are behind me, right. I press forward right. to the high calling in Christ Jesus. Right. It says in yeah. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, now there's no condemnation right. for those that are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And, and this is a good point you bring up, David, because there's a lot of Christians, a lot of believers, they're hanging on to the guilt of forgiven sin. It's yeah. like a ball and chain. Right. But the, the, the jail cell is open. In other words, if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, don't keep sitting in the jail cell. It's like when the Jewish people got released out of uh, Egypt, yeah. the shed blood of yeah. the lamb on the door. Yeah. Well, if you didn't go out the door, if you're in there like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. I don't know. And the way is out, come on. But if you still sit there, locked in that old way of life, it's not because the freedom hasn't been given through Christ. And, and when you think, of, if you say it out loud to yourself, it's hard to believe yeah. that we are sons and daughters of God now. Yeah. It's hard to believe when you say that. Even to this day, it has to resonate with me. But with everything going on, we need to understand that and run for this door more than ever. And what you find is regardless of what's going on around you or in the world, we still have God's protection. Yeah. And we're with him. And he sees us. And you, you, you are, you know, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have any issues or have any challenges in your life. Before Jesus ascended, he made it clear you will have trouble. Uh, in this world. Um, but I got to tell you, regardless of what goes on, and I've seen it in you, uh, you stay at a lot more regular equilibrium than if you if you are not a Christ follower. It's that simple. And you have unbelievable strength. Um, I, I don't want to say that, you know, um, could I have done what the apostles done? I hope I could have. Mm. But in the same breath, I think when you run into challenges now, I feel a lot stronger. Right. Like I'm up for the challenge because I might not understand the situation I'm in, but I trust the Father that He wants me on this path. Exactly right. And and I think that's that's the difference. Yeah. So, um, but this is good news, man. You know, we're we're supposed to be feeling victorious oh, because yeah. He's won. And so when you get down with COVID and you get down, I mean, I, I who who wants to see a war? happening in Ukraine or all these other things, but we can pray for those people and they're persevering. They are really fighting back. There's a lot of Christians over there, so we pray for them regularly. But it this gives us strength Yeah, it, it because to move on, regardless of the situation. The the world is temporal, you know, yeah. and there's you know you have ups and downs. Yeah. But Jesus has overcome the world. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, so if you really look at the Bible, the a whole arc of the, the redemptive yeah. story the beginning you have creation, God breathes into Adam, he becomes a living soul, so you have life and then death, mm -hmm. okay? Life, death, life, mm -hmm. that's the story. Life, death, life. So right now we're uh -huh. walking and like you, the Ukraine or yeah. any sin that's yeah. manifested. We're walking through that valley, the shadow of death, right? Here's life, death. but once we accept Jesus Christ, then even though we're in this fallen world, mm -hmm. we have life. We yes. have that. We don't wait to heaven right. to get eternal life. We have it. That's why it'll say in First John chapter five, these things I have written unto you that you might know mm -hmm. that you have eternal life. Yes. Not that one day you're gonna have eternal life. So even though we're in a fallen world that has its ups and downs, its goods, its bad, and the Ukraine thing just shows to me, it says in the Old Testament, that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked. Yeah how cruel mm -hmm. it is to do something like this to mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. in a culture. Mm -hmm. Just like when I went to Cambodia. Right. 
and I saw the killing fields. And oh, I thought to man. myself, how can man do this to man? How horrible. But the Bible says that. The man's heart is deceived. How could a government and religious leaders take the most innocent man that ever walked on this planet that, that, that healed the blind and fed the hungry and touched the leper and did all this and strip him and spit on him and nail him into a, into a cross hmm. for six hours. That shows you the heart of man. That shows you the sin of man. I guess all of us right. are included in that. But through that, the best thing happened. Like you say, why do they call it Good Friday? Yeah. Uh, you know, Good Friday. The, 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 you look at Good Friday through the lens of Easter. That's the key. Yeah. It doesn't right. stop at Good Friday. No, it doesn't. So yeah. that's where somebody says, once you come to the cross and your sins are settled, then you move from the courtroom to the living room. You move from the courtroom to the living room. You become yes. a member of the family of God. Yes. And, and everybody that's listening uh, to the program today as we, we're heading into this Easter season, really and truly think about this. If you're not yet a believer, uh, there's not a coincidence that you're listening to this program this morning. Uh, look at the evidence and prayerfully, uh, it, like I say, you know, read the Gospel of John, do one chapter a day, allow yeah. and pray that God would reveal himself to you through these pages. But realize that God loves you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, that's everybody, that he gave his only begotten son. God, there's no more God can do, so to speak. Yeah. But this is the key, that whoever believeth on him should not perish. There is the warning. You don't want to miss mm -hmm. out on this. Perish means to be separated from God, but have everlasting life. Yeah, you know, I, I like C.S. Lewis, what he said here in Miracles. I think it was in chapter 16, Triumph over Death. The New Testament writers speak as if Christ's achievement in rising from the dead was the first event of its kind in the whole history of the universe. He is the first fruits, the pioneer of life. He is forced to open a door that has been locked since the death of the first man. He has met, fought, and beaten the king of death. Everything is different because he has done so. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything has changed. The whole world yeah. has changed as a result of that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, nothing has been... Now we look toward... That was yeah. his first coming. Now we look towards his second coming. Right. But he's given us the power, the promises... To, 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 we'll mm -hmm. do a whole other show on that. Yeah. But he has come. Uh, he's fulfilled prophecy. Uh, if people want to look at the different proofs, of course, there's yeah. a lot more we can look yeah. at and, and drill down on these uh, different places. But again, I mean, you have the fulfilled prophecy. Yes. You have transformed lives. You have the issue of the empty tomb. You have to do something with that. And whether you're a believer or an unbeliever, you have to say, okay, yeah. all great religious leaders, yeah. there's a shrine where they're buried. Why is there no shrine we can see where he's buried? Well, you could say the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem, but you go in there, it's an empty tomb. You see, there's mm -hmm. <laughs> that's a, so right. then you have to explain why did this religion grow in an explosive fashion in the first century? Because look what's going on here. You have Orthodox believing Jews now worshiping a man. That's unheard of. They're worshiping and coming together on a Sunday, not the Sabbath. Yeah, they're coming together right. on a Sunday. Right. They're accepting Gentiles and say Gentiles can now come in and be in right standing uh -huh. with God, even though they don't keep kosher. Right. And, the, and it's like, we don't understand it 20 centuries later, but this is like a tsunami. This is a huge change. Uh, there's no longer temple worship. There's no yeah. longer animal sacrifice. What's going on here? 
you know, and again, if you just look at a scale, you know, the scale of justice, you know, with the blindfolded justice, right? It, it's tipping heavily into the side of that this is true. This is indeed what happened, uh, hands down. There's just no getting around it. Yeah, so. and, you know, one of the other proofs I, I like before we adjourn, John, is the change live of James and the others. I mean, uh, he was Jesus's brother, right? And yeah. he was openly skeptical that Jesus was the Messiah, but later becomes courageous leader of the Jerusalem church, even being stoned to death for his faith. Why would he go through that, right? Oh, yeah, right. So he was skeptical, and it was his own brother, and then he's stoned to death uh, for his faith and trying to move forward uh, the mission of, uh, of Christ to create disciples and to spread the good news. Yeah, the whole thing yeah. with uh, uh, yeah. change, transform lives. Right. I mean, Paul, <clears throat> yeah. what he was Saul... And he's a strict rabbi. He's observed the, yes. the Jewish law <clears throat> system. He's yep. persecuting Christians. Right. So um, why would he change so radically mm -hmm. and, and go out? And who does he minister to? Gentiles. Yeah. Well, in his eyes before, Gentiles were like dogs because they didn't keep kosher. They didn't keep ritualistically pure or clean yeah. before God. And all of a sudden, he loves and he's outreaching uh, Gentiles in Ephesus and Athens and all of these other places that he goes to. Yeah, I, I like this before we close. You brought up Paul, another proof of the resurrection. When the risen Christ appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road, Paul became Christianity's most determined missionary. He endured five floggings, three beatings, three shipwrecks, a stoning, poverty, and years of ridicule. Finally, the Roman Emperor Nero had Paul beheaded because the apostle refused to deny his faith in Jesus. Exactly right. There it is. There wow. it is. Praise God. So, in summary, I mean, again, we just pray everybody has a blessed Easter weekend. Yes. Um, enjoying this beautiful spring weather. And, again, if you're not a believer, consider what was presented today. Not that we presented us an overarching, uh, uh, complete, exhaustive proof, but the many proofs that Jesus is indeed risen from the dead. He is alive. Yes. And because he is alive, he wants to give you new life. Yes. And uh, that's what we call the new birth. If you are a believer, this should strengthen your faith because our faith must be strengthened. There's every winded doctrine out there today, but our prayer is that you have a strong faith yes. going forward. So, David, God bless you. God bless, God bless you. Sir. God bless everybody. Have a wonderful Easter weekend. God bless you all.